They've long been the subject of science fiction, mysterious gateways that let us travel to an alternate universe or even the spiritual realm just by stepping through the door. But are they only make-believe? Today, we're going down the rabbit hole and talking about portals with our first ever special guest. Welcome to Shadowland, everybody. Welcome. This is a podcast that shines a spotlight on stories of the supernatural, mysterious, eerie, and unexplained. Stuff like Wendigos. Weird science buildings. Bermuda Triangle. Abominable snowman. Ghost cars. Ouija boards. Hauntings at sea. Folie adieu. Urban legends. Gates to hell. Stargates. Shadow people. Doppelgangers. Astral projection. Nessie. Shaman. All that stuff. All that stuff and more. I'm Christina Callery. And I'm Seth Jablon. And um, today we have our first ever special guest, uh, Anthony Alvarez. Welcome, Anthony. Welcome, Anthony. Welcome to Shadowland. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. We're, re- we're really excited to have you on. Like when we talked about having um, guests for the first time, like you, you were definitely one of the people that like I thought immediately thought of um, just like, um, you know, my relationship with Christina, like whenever we're like hanging out, just, you know, alone together, having a drink, you know, these stories inevitably come up, right? Aliens, uh, ghosts, all that type of stuff. So yeah, definitely. Every single time. I think that's like one of the things that that yeah we uh, kind of bonded over right away is just how when when it got late it was like imme- it was immediately time for the yeah you read this yeah article. when everybody left or whatever we <laughs> we <we'd stick laughs> bust out the weird stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah bust out the weird stuff or just yeah. peel off from the group and just talk about stuff and then kind of like have that be the night yeah and I feel like um like we we talked about this sort of when we started doing this the um you know, the, the influence of like the time life, you know, mysterious, um, you know, uh-huh. mysteries of the unexplained or whatever it's called. Like, like, like where, like, is that like, where did your sort of uh, um, interest in all this stuff sort of begin or like what, what's, what's sort of your, um, I don't know, uh, favorite things to think about or talk about? Um, so I think like even just being from, so I'm from New Jersey originally and yeah, the, the Jersey devil and that kind of stuff is part, okay, of, the, yeah, right, right, part right. of the fabric of just like, you know, the sports teams and yeah. all this and that. And then um, there's a, there was a spooky road that wasn't too far away that we used to go to called Clinton Road. If you ever read, like there was a publication called Weird New Jersey that um, was kind of popular. And it was just all these kind of spooky um, trips and almost like an Atlas Obscura before that, but just specifically for New Jersey. Um, and then other right. than that, it was just like, the Twilight Zone marathon, like yeah, yeah, oh, scary stories to tell in the dark. All those like really like things that were very like of that moment of growing up when you're just like, where can I get more of this stuff? Unsolved mysteries was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like um, this is like a very like a lot of our influences are very like eighties, nineties, like all these like <laughs> topics were like yeah. And like today's like kind of apropos. Today's topic right is kind of apropos of that like portals, right? Yes, uh, we're doing portals, portals to another dimensions to another world. We've been talking about doing this one for a while and just like haven't done it yet. But um, I yeah, can't I'm wait. Excited. I can't, yeah, I can't wait, guys. I think like there's, I I kind of found some stuff that I'm sure is so different from the stuff that you found. But the portal idea of what it could be and where they could go is like kind of infinite. There's there's it kind of crosses over into a lot of different things. Um, supernatural things and like glitch things and multiverse things yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah it can get you know quantum physics or spirituality or right yeah it it really kind of spans yeah spans a lot of different topics totally cool so who who wants to go first so anthony you being our first guest do you do you want to go first do you want one of us to go or what what do you i feel like anthony should be the the chair yeah you know what could i go could i go second Sure, sure. 
Okay. I'd love to draft. Oh. Off, I'd love to draft off of one of you guys. Like, <laughs> okay, okay. okay. All right, Christina, around. do you want to go or do you want me? You want me? To I go? can. I, I can totally I can't go. Forget who went first? Yeah, I, time, I so. can go first. It's, okay. Mine isn't that long, so okay. maybe, maybe mine isn't either. I just have like a couple too. So, well, I think we'll like. I think all of us are kind of short, and so we'll just sort of like throw them out there, and then maybe probably talk about them for a minute. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, so first of all, for those who don't know, maybe we should just talk about what a portal is. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, if not everybody, but, um, basically it's like, you know, as Anthony said, it's like a rift or a doorway that exists between different realms. So different planes of existence, different universes, um, you know, people can allegedly go back and forward in time, or, you know, I think it even spans like wormholes from one end of the universe to the other, perhaps. But basically, you step through this doorway and you're instantly someplace else. And they're usually hidden or transient and often guarded with magic and rituals. Ooh, I love that. I love that description. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so I'm going to do the Mount Shasta Vortex. Oh, all right. All right. Do you guys know this one? Nice. I mean, I know no. about Mount Shasta, sort of, but um, I don't know about the, the vortex. So Okay. Okay. So Mount Shasta is a snow-capped volcano located in Northern California, and it's got an elevation of around 14,000 feet, give or take. Um, and it has been the site of an unusually large number of legends and reports of paranormal phenomena from both Native American and non-Native sources. Um so interestingly, it also tends to feature lenticular cloud formations that look a lot like UFOs. I don't know if you guys have ever seen huh. them. Yeah, um, sure. This yeah. photos online. You know what I'm talking about? Like they they're yeah. mm -hmm. sh they look like freaking flying saucers, but they're yeah. clouds. So this location attracts a lot of those, and so you can find a lot of pictures of them. And we'll post one on the Instagram. Um, but also, not only the cloud formations, but actual UFO sightings are reported a lot in this area and um it's believed to be a sacred site and a portal into a metaphysical dimension and also to kind of have a lot of sacred energy um and over the years it's attracted a lot of spiritual seekers of different kinds um including a lot of people from the new age you know side of things um you can even sign up for tours of the area i mean obviously you can't go do it now um but there are like you know, vortex tours <laughs> for Mount Shasta <laughs> uh -huh. and so forth. Um, so I'll just like get right into it. Um, so one of the most interesting stories around Mount Shasta is the lore of the, and I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly. I didn't check into it, but the Le Lemurian people. What? Spelled as like Lemur. Like a Lemur. Le Lemurian, yeah. Which is like an ancient people who um, basically they became frightened by all of the war and chaos on earth. Um, and so they retreated into an underground city uh, beneath the Shasta Mountains, cool. um, which was called Telos, or T-E-L-O-S. They're and, probably feeling pretty good about that decision right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Social distancing. Um, and it's described as like an underground crystal city, which sounds what? super cool. But it lies deep beneath Mount Shasta in a series of tunnels. Okay, so this city is, it's like kind of a haven for these beings, as well as a secure place for storing and, you know, keeping sacred texts safe, and, as well as their technology. And uh, the first mention of the Lemurians can be traced back to a book written by uh, this guy named Frederick Spencer Oliver. Um it was written in 1886 and published in 1905, and it was called A Dweller on Two Planets. So already you've kind of got this like interdimensional um, sort mm -hmm. of thing going on. I love that. Um, <laughs> That's a great title. Isn't it? That's a great title. I want to read it. I want to yeah. read it. Um, but he basically claimed to have had contact with these beings through visions and automatic writing, which is kind of like a thing at the time. And, automatic um, writing, that's where like you would just start writing and it was like something you were like channeling something. Is that what that means? Yeah, or, like basically uh, you'd kind of get like you'd, you'd sort of like be channeling some other entities or spirits. I think okay. it's really popular uh -huh. in Victorian times. Um, 
so basically he communicated with these beings, the Lemurians, and they told him that they were basically survivors from a sunken continent called Lemuria. And they live in this underground complex of tunnels under the mountain. And um, incidentally, they've sent, they've been seen above ground and people generally describe them as wearing white robes. So they're kind of Merlin-y, awesome. kind of, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, Lord of the Rings-y. Um, so one of the interesting aspects of this book is that it describes a lot of technology these people had, but you got to remember it's like 1886 era. So it's and, like real like steampunk stuff or something. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds now, it sounds super it's very rocketeer. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Very much so. But it feels pretty prophetic. Um, So, you know, among the the stuff that he talks about, it's like anti-gravity powered aircraft, television, wireless telephones, air conditioners, high speed rail, and even a voice operated typewriter. So dictation um, before we even had it. Oh, wow. Um, so the, the central city Telos is like the capital of this network of inner earth cities, uh, which some people have called Agartha. I guess that's the name of it. And, um, some pilgrims to Mount Shasta claim to be able to channel these Lemurians. So, you know, this guy wasn't the only one to talk to these people, um, other people have described having conversations with them, and they're generally described as enlightened beings. So they're all about peace, love, harmony, all that good stuff. Um, and they're all like, this is like, they're actively still living there, right? This yeah, is like, they, they're still okay. hanging out there. They're, they're, they're under the mountains. Yeah, they're, it's, it's still a thing. Um, so, but, but they're not the only beings that uh, are reported in this region. So according to local indigenous tribes, Mount Shasta is inhabited by the uh, spirit of Chief Skell, who descended from heaven to the mountain summit. And um, famously, he fought with the spirit of the underworld uh, by throwing hot rocks and lava. Okay, cool. Which would pretty much do it, I think. <laughs> yeah, as one, as one does when fighting the, the underworld yeah. spirit. Absolutely. Um, and then another legend, which I thought was like super fascinating, and it kind of gets into the Mel's Hole territory from a couple episodes back. But um, another legend came from a British prospector named J.C. Brown, and he was hired by the um, by a mining company called the Lord Cowdray Mining Company in England to prospect for gold in the area in, this, in 1904. So this would have been after... Um, Frederick Spencer Oliver finished his book, but a year before it was published and available to the public. So this is kind of an independent uh, thing in tandem. Um, oh, so this isn't like he talked about this one thing and then someone else was like, oh, me too. It was like he was literally talking about it at the same time this other guy was putting the book yeah, out. Yeah, apparently, apparently, apparently so. Okay. So yeah. here's his story. <laughs> he claimed that while he was searching the area, so he's prospecting for gold, he stumbled across a rock fall at the base of a cliff. And he just had this feeling from the way it looked that there was something underneath. So he cleared the rocks away and he was right. Hidden beneath him was a tunnel that was about 10 feet high, seven feet wide, and it curved downward into the earth. And he followed it down and he claimed that it was a depth of about 11 miles down into the earth beneath the mountains. So it was almost like an impossible space. Like they couldn't have been going, there must have been a transition into a totally different realm. It would seem seem like it. It would seem like it, right? I mean, 11 miles, that's incredible. Um, So what he found at the bottom, though, was even more incredible. Was it gnomes Um, playing cards? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Not as good, but almost, almost. (laughs) At the base of the tunnel, uh, he discovered the remnants of an ancient California civilization. So here's some of the stuff, like a bunch of primitive mining machinery, or at least that's what he thought it was. Uh, Stockpiles of gold and treasure, which you need to have under the mountains. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. Um, Golden tablets and plates inscribed with some kind of hieroglyphics, so some kind of writing, which he couldn't decipher. 
um, these copper spears that were made out of some kind of weird metal. That it almost sounds otherworldly. Well, it does <laughs> actually, because you could bend it and twist the head of the spear back to the base and then release it and it would snap back to its original shape. So it's like a super oh, yeah. bendy metal. Huh. They're coming up with, there's some stuff out there that they just invented that kind of like does that. Oh, really? It just like returns back to its like original shape after, Ooh. but it's like rigid still. I oh, interesting. I yeah. That's really Like cool. some sort of no metal or like it. synthetic type thing or something? Or? Um, it, it kind of almost reminds me a little bit of like the stuff that they found, remember in like the original Roswell site where it was like they found like metal plates that you could wrinkle up and then. Oh really? Somehow, oh, I don't yeah, know. Somehow, yeah, that's like, right. You can like bend them and shape them the way you want, but then I think if you run a current through them or something like that, then they like return back to like being flat. Oh, crazy! Yeah, oh, I hadn't heard that before. Hmm, interesting. Anyway, yeah, I'm gonna look that up right after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he also found what he called a a worship room, and a, it supposedly contained statues that sort of glowed in the dark. And appeared to be like there were these solar symbols and crosses of some kind, but they were more like ancient crosses, um, you know, some kind of just super ancient symbols. And this underground lair was incredibly immense. And so it had multiple chambers that he wandered through. It wasn't just like one room or, or a cave or something like that. It was this enormous, almost like a village underground. So in another area, he said that he found, okay, this is super cool. You guys ready? Yes. <laughs> 27 skeletons against, like, against the walls, but they were like of giants. So Yes. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a giants episode at some point. Oh, right? my God. This is like, this is like a, a Dungeons and Dragons uh, yeah. room. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> did, he, did he throw his uh, whatever, his... His dice, <laughs> maybe. So these are like previous, like the inhabitants or something like that. Is that the? Well, that's what he okay. thought. So, okay. like the tallest, um, he said was like over ten feet tall. Uh huh. So not human, mm. not human at this yeah. point. And the, and the shortest right. was around six foot six. So like shortest NBA level, tallest. You know, yeah, not human. Um, and so. This account kind of conjures the ancient biblical accounts of the um, the Nephilim. You guys familiar with it? No. They're, okay, so it's like in the Bible, there's this just like passing mention, just like, oh, no big deal, moving on, um, of a time when fallen angels came and intermarried with women and um, had these baby giants that were kind of like giant human-demon hybrids. Oh, crazy. I mean, I definitely heard of like, you know, that there was supposedly um, a race or there was one period where there was like human beings were giant, you know, and like a lot of like Hindu legends and stuff like that, that human beings were once like much larger and like more evolved and all that. And we've kind of, right. we're like descendants of that. But I hadn't heard about the sort of de- demon angel <laughs> hybrid before. What are they called again? The Nephilim. The Nephilim. Okay. Nephilim. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So in another chamber, chamber, he found the embalmed mummified bodies of what he thought were a king and queen of this ancient civilization. He said they were still dressed in royal robes, but they looked like they'd been embalmed. Um, and it was clearly like a male and female. Um, so... <laughs> This what was a day like to a, have. Right. Yeah, he had a big day. <laughs> he had a big day. That's the biggest day. Just to crawl 11 miles into the crust of the earth and then yeah, find yeah. like... Right. I mean, that's a long walk. And then he's got to walk back. You know? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, he totally had a story to tell his wife. Um, so after emerging from this tunnel, he reportedly became obsessed with lost civilizations. Um, and including the Lemurian lore that was now circulating by this time... And it really had an effect on him. So apparently he became increasingly withdrawn and kind of paranoid. Um, He made a claim that people that he shared his story with died in sudden, strange ways. So he he 
kind of retreated and had this weird fear that if he shared his story, people would be hurt. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, And apparently he strongly felt that he'd stumbled upon a race of prehistoric giants that had been wiped out by a great flood of some kind, but had taken refuge, you know, under the earth. Um, So his story has a really strange ending. Um, In 1934, when he was 79, he got together a group of explorers in Stockton, California, um, with a goal of returning to the tunnel. So this is like, you know, 30 years later. Um, And they assemble about 80 people. So it was a pretty big group. But the night before they were about to set out, Brown mysteriously disappeared and was never heard from again. And apparently what? the police looked for him and some people thought there was foul play, but he just banished. And this is right before they were going to go revisit this. The night before they were going to go night revisit before. the spot. Yep. Wow. Okay. Um, and it sounds like cool. he was the one that got the group together. So, you know, if he were just avoiding having to take them someplace, it doesn't really make sense if he was right, why part he of a somewhere, you everybody. know. Yeah. So um, just a few more little, you know, stories about the spot. The um, Native American lore talks about a race of little people, Seth, you'll love this, that live in the mountains. Okay, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> they're all around four feet tall and they're seen right. as guardians and not exactly physical beings. Like they can kind of like shift form and go back and forth between dimensions and be either visible or invisible, depending. They sound kind of gnomey. Uh-huh. No, no pointy hats. Then. <laughs> yeah. No pointy hats and the little fa- bear. Yeah. The, the fashion was, was uh, what kept them out yeah. of the gnome club. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so in addition to UFOs, mysterious lights have also been reported in the mountain for like many years. And depending on what you believe, it could be ghosts. They could be some kind of like spiritual manifestations, evidence of these mountain dwellers, alien activity, and also, last but not least, there are a lot of Bigfoot reports in the area as well. So there's kind oh, of wow. okay. there's a lot going on there. Yeah. In the Shasta Mountains, yeah, that's that's really interesting. I love, I love the idea that the way I always think about that that if people lived underground, um, <clears throat> that it would be quite dark down there. But if it's like a crystal, you know, if it's a crystal world, maybe there's a way that you could like illuminate it just based on how many reflections yeah. and refractions can come off of a crystal. Yeah, it sounded like they had some su- some kind of substance that they were using, like the glow in the huh. dark. Didn't the Egyptians used to like use mirrors or something, like bounce light into into buildings that were, you know, didn't have, you know, direct windows in or something like that? Am I yeah. making that up? Or? I'm... It sounds like some some technology that they for sure would have had. They always there's always like radiation or uh, radio like light images on their hieroglyphics. Yeah. Just them like holding staffs that like bounce light off of things. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I'd never heard. I mean, I'd heard like stuff about about Mount Shasta, but never like that detailed of like there was this whole civilization down there. Yeah, and um, apparently, like a lot of people have seen like. UFOs descending on the mountains, kind of dis- disappearing into the mountains or emerging from them. So it's some kind of portal. Cool. Um, okay. So do, do you want to go now, Anthony? Or Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll go. I have, um, I have a couple of fun stories. Maybe Yay. they kind of span a little bit of uh, past and, and into the modern modern portals. Um, so I'm going to talk to you about, uh, more specifically, the first one will be about a hell portal. So A hell portal. <laughs> okay, cool. Gates to hell. Okay, nice, nice. All right. Yeah, yeah. This is spooky. So okay. this, is, um, this one is about Haska, Haska Castle. So I'm going to try to get that right. It's a, it's a Czech word, or Castle Haska in Prague. Um, Seth and I actually went to Prague together for a job. Um, oh, that's right. And uh, that's I think right. Like, that's right. it immediately became one of my favorite cities, um, and finding out that there's this plus the Bone Church is just an, yes. another reason to end up going back there because Prague is for anyone who has never the been the Bone Church quite beautiful. Yeah, there's I've a church there that. that's there's a church in Prague uh, right off the outskirts that um, I think the the walls, the chandeliers, and every single almost surface the altar is just made of human bone. It's very very macabre. Um, the can the, sh- the candelabras, 
it's just all like skulls. Yeah, it's like the whole interior is like it's like coated in like yeah bones and yeah, it's pretty pretty trippy place. Well, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the legend behind this eight hundred year old uh, Gothic castle is that it was built for a single purpose, and that's to seal off this bottomless portal to hell, which is a crack in this huge stone um, that the castle rests upon. And that um, people say that it's a portal to world of demons and chimeras and that you can still kind of hear them scratching underneath the castle to try to claw back into our dimension. Um, Chimeras again, are there like some sort of like hybrid, right? Yeah. What what does that mean again? Chimeras are like half, half of one thing. Like it'll be like half Half human, half something. They're like, Half like, like lion, human half pig evil. hybrids, which we'll do at some point. <laughs> yeah, like a human pig hybrid would be a for <laughs> sure. That's a chimera. Dope, right. dope chimera. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So there's chimeras and demons down there, and like there's like like under, underneath this. Uh, uh, what did so, you say? It was a church again or something? Or so is there something? Yeah. What is right. it that's holding them back? Is it just the castle itself, or is there is some like kind of special or, stone is, or some kind of ritual? Or you ooh. know, like how are they? We'll get, we'll get into that, but it, okay, right, okay, let's sorry. imagine okay, it okay, just okay. being a castle. Actually, you know, that's actually a good, good point. Let's just, I think maybe before getting into this, the folklore, we could talk a little bit about um, visualizing this, this place. Cause I thought it helped me um, to, to kind of imagine what it looks like. And you can look it up on yeah. the internet, but if people are just listening to this, um, I, I'll describe it a little bit because it's helpful. So um, imagine this old, old European forest with tall pine trees and oak trees. And then above that tree line, uh, is a giant rock. And then on top of that rock is this kind of stone cube, which is the castle. So um, if you've ever gone, gone to Prague, the castles there kind of look like Disney Disney castles. There, Walt Disney actually was inspired to make the Magic Kingdom's castle based on what Old right, Town right, Prague yeah. used to look like. So for a while, that's what this castle used to look like. But with it had one big tall spire with the cone on it, um, and it had a moat. But all of that um, doesn't exist anymore. Now it's just, if you think about it, it just looks like a cube on top of a stone. Um, and it looks like kind of straight down at the forest below. Okay, cool. Um, so it's like out in the wilderness somewhere. It's not like in like Prague, which is like pretty popular. No. Right? It's like sort of outside there or something in the countryside yeah. or something. It's out in the countryside and it's really hard to get to, which is kind of part of the mystery behind like why this mm. castle was built. It's like very, very impractical of a castle. I can get to that in a second, but. Okay. Yeah, like, um, well, actually, let's talk about it. So it, it's in the middle so no of the Airbnb, no Airbnb. No Airbnb at all. I mean, you could probably do like a little Airstream camper. Probably that would be cool. Um, but, uh, okay, so if, if the castle's in the middle of these dense woods, right, they're really difficult to get to. And, and at the time, there was no marked trade there, no, no running water for sure. Um, it didn't really offer like a military advantage to put a castle there, nor did it offer um, practical advantages of just being like kind of by like a river or something so that you can like comfortably grab water or like cook. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't really, people expected that it was never meant to be lived in. And another kind of clue to that was that there was never certain things. Now they are there, but before when it was first built, there wasn't like a kitchen there. There wasn't, there wasn't like, there's these windows on the front of the castle that if you look at them from the outside, they look functional, but they don't actually serve as like you couldn't look out that window from the inside of the castle. It's just there just to put up a facade from the outside okay. of like a normal building. Gotcha. So it's like m- mysteriously constructed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's, it's just confu- It's just confounding why, why it would be built that way. I just want to go there so bad. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, Prague is like, kind of like, like at night, it's like almost like <laughs> kind of scary anyways, right? Like you can definitely yeah. feel like there would probably be a gate to hell there. I mean, if there are gates to hell, <laughs> probably one is in Prague. Isn't there's there another, a, there's isn't another there story a, about Like that. an enchanted clock or something like that too? Oh, yeah. The, there, there is an enchanted clock there that's like, I don't know what it's there for, but it's kind of a big deal. That Remember that ornate like clock that's in the middle yeah, of the yeah, square? In the, yeah, yeah, in the middle of the, the, the town square or whatever, yeah. Um. Okay, so so another thing, this is this is kind of cool. So if you're looking straight down at the castle from above, like from a bird's eye view, um, there's another courtyard in the dead center of it, um, and that courtyard's important. Um, so if you see photos online, you'll just kind of see that um, there's a square inside of another square. Got it. Um, 
And that courtyard is, inside of that is the castle chapel, which is what they say is directly above the hell portal. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, so that's what keeps it in check. Yeah. The, the chapel is so, keeping it in check, okay. Yeah. So here's this funny, this is, this is pretty fascinating. I love, I love this uh, architectural detail. So this courtyard, this is in theory where humanity makes its, uh, you know, we make our stand against the demons who come through the portal. And the, and the reason why, the, so the chapel is dedicated to Michael the Archangel, who's the, uh, I guess, the hero in the Bible who leads the fight against Satan and the forces of hell in uh, the book of Revelation. So that's Mike, Michael the Archangel's okay. chapel. And inside there, there's frescoes of him fighting like dragons and then some pagan drawings of like centaurs and stuff. Okay. Which would be more, more chimera? Is that what? Yeah. That's, that'd probably be like on a chimera kick. <laughs> okay. Cool. cool. <laughs> All right. Um, here's another really cool detail about that courtyard that I thought this was kind of one that I had to look up um, just to get a sense of how interesting it was. But so there's surrounding the inner courtyard are inward facing archers battlements meaning like battlements are basically oh, where archers would stand to be like, to have secure firing positions to protect a castle from people. Oh, on the like outside. kind of like a little, like sort of, I don't know. I don't want to call them divots. It sounds like, yeah, but like, like in little, a castle like, uh, thing, but like little, so you can kind of peer. Yeah. You can like shoot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can shoot and hide behind them and you can like, or like plant your, like securely plant your like crossbow. Um, but they're all facing inside towards the inner courtyard. <laughs> there's no like, there's no archers battlements facing the actual protection of the exterior of the castle. So it's all about this battle that's going to take place. What inside, inside the court? Oh my god, dude, that's creepy. Yeah. So I guess in, like in, that's in, a lot of work to like you know build all those things to face in, right? Obviously, they thought that was going to be used or you know for, for sure. some type the, of purpose like that. It feels it feels like a lot of work to to do based on something that like is a speculation, you know. Right. People right. must have seen something or at least been right. spooked enough to to be like the cat we need to protect ourselves from what's underneath this this hole. Oh my God. Um, okay. So yeah. So that's that's I love that detail just about the building of this castle. Okay, so here's some stories. I'm kind of, there's kind of a, a bunch of stuff. Um and I think like they don't necessarily string together, but all of them together kind of paint a nice picture of the like lore of this place. Um, so there's legends that the crack was guarded by a monk without a face and that demons escaped the pit were again, human animal chimeras and gigantic bats that dragged locals in. Ooh. So that was a, <laughs> that was a thing that would just, somebody just get snatched by one of these things once in a while and pulled into the portal. There has been sightings of a headless black horse galloping around the castle and there's one common hybrid that I thought was kind of weird because it was really hard for me to visualize, but they said there is a frog-bulldog-human hybrid that they've seen in the chapel. Whoa, a frog? Frog-bulldog? Bull- yeah. Oh I, I really, I really <laughs> man, I want to see, see this. And, and I'm, I was, which part is frog? Which, which part is frog? Which part is bulldog? And which part is human? It could go kinda, any which way. I'm guessing frog legs. Frog what do you think? legs. Frog legs. Bulldog head? No. Bulldog head, human arms. Or, yeah, or, or would it be torso, like bulldog, to, like t- upper torso, <laughs> front legs, and then like a human head with like bulldog teeth? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Ooh, okay. I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have a think on that. But, but that was like, I love that description. That Shadowland merch. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like the gothest castle ever. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So the townspeople tried to fill the crack with stones, um, but they said they couldn't make any headway. They were just like throwing rocks into like an abyss. And that's why they decided to just put cap the, the entire hole to protect themselves because they were, they were never going to fill this thing up. Um, uh, one story that, that seems to kind of be out there, uh, told in a bunch of different ways, but very similarly is that um, there were prisoners who, the town, who were set to be executed and they were going to be offered a full pardon if they were to let themselves be lowered into the pit and report oh, to the townspeople what they saw. Whoa. Whoa. So basically they would lower them down. Do and uh, you, like how deep? What was this? Indeterminate. They're just going to lower them down and just have them like take a peek and then pull them back up and just kind of report back what they saw. Did and they there was it? one guy that they, that agreed to do it. So one of, one of these prisoners let him do it. And then after a few minutes of just being lowered down there, 
they they start hearing screams and like awful noises above so they quickly yank this guy out whoa um, when is this what do you say what what time period this is like in the uh hold on i think this is in the 1300s 1300s okay yeah yeah yeah. um so so they pulled this guy out um and immediately they noticed that his hair was white and his face looked wrinkled and aged like he aged like significantly oh my god and then he was screaming and fully mad so he was he was sane but he was a criminal but he was sane then when he came out he was screaming and fully mad no one uh got a clear story of what exactly he saw and then he died a few days later in like a mad state so he glimpsed hell he could have yeah he like glimpsed hell he went into the like i was thinking Mm. of um event horizon or something like crazy like that Mm. um would you guys do it like if you were if you had a choice no no well, if it was like these guys were going to be executed, execution right? or being lowered into the hellhole. Oh no, I would just definitely for a be peak. lowered for the peak. <laughs> you would okay. do it. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to die anyway, it's like you might as well like roll the dice. I mean, yeah, could could make some friends down there. Yeah, yeah. Or just, or just, or just like not come back up. Just be down there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so the the other prisoners saw that the first guy came back um, aged and mad, and they everybody chose to just uh, like, carry out this. their death yeah. sentences. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay, so a couple a couple more like little interesting beats. So in, in 1639, um, during the Thirty Years' War, Sweden occupied the castle, and uh, the Swedish commander, a guy named Oranto, who was a, a known alchemist and black magic pr- practitioner, uh, stayed in the castle. Uh, claiming to know about the castle secret, um, and anecdotes online say that he's kind of he was trying to use the portal's power to unlock the secret to immortality. But him and his men were so cruel to the towns and violent to the townspeople. They um, they raped uh, women. They they practiced animal sacrifice and were just generally like awful awful people to the town. Um, he was assassinated by a local who actually fired an arrow through one of the windows and took him out. And his ghost supposedly haunts that castle still. Oh shit! Who would have th- who would have thought somebody <laughs> like like trying to get, like harness the power of the, the Hellgate would would turn out to be an asshole? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's and there's one more one more kind of like hell story story that I kind of want to talk to you guys. So during World War II, the castle fell into the hands of the Nazis from 1938 to 1945, and. This part of the castle's history is a little bit murky. Um, I, I dug a lot to try to find some stuff. I found one interesting uh, article um, because what happened um, at that castle during that time was mysteriously destroyed at the end of the war. Like they were just like, let's burn all the records of what we were up to in here before we get out of here. Um, but one of the, here's, here's, I just copied this and I'll read this verbatim from a post that I like. In the 1930s with the war r- raging across the continent during World War II, the Nazis occupied Hauska Castle. There's multiple myths about their supposedly occult activities there. The, the most well-known one concerns Heinrich Himmler's occult library. Himmler was an SS Nazi chief obsessed with Germanic pagan lore. He captained an operation whose aim was to collect as many books about witchcraft, the supernatural, and the occult as possible. And his collection is said to have numbered more than 13,000 such books and manuscripts. Wow. During the Nazi occupation of Hauska Castle... A number of them are said to have been transported and held there. Heinrich Himmler believed that the power of the old occult masters would help Nazis rule the world. It is said that a number of top officials in the Nazi army, including the Fuhrer, attended ceremonies intended to tap into this power. Many of them are said to have been taken place at Hauska Castle, which Nazis specifically chose in order to harness the power of hell. What? And then this is like the very last part. Whoa. The The locals at this at the time saw strange lights, heard strange sounds, and were aware of a number of fringe science experiments taking place at the castle at all hours of the day and night. They also performed inhumane experiments on prisoners of war. After the war, skeletons of three assassinated German soldiers were found in the inner courtyard of the castle, but it's not known why they were shot and when. And then for people who claim to have heard moans and screams and cries in many different languages coming from the castle at night, these could either be ghosts of tortured prisoners or the demons and dark creatures trying to break out from the pit underneath the chapel floor. So that, that I thought was like a very concise 
description of the shenanigans going on in this castle during World War, during World War II. Wow. I mean, I knew that the, is crazy. Yeah. I knew the Nazis were into the occult or, or Hitler or some of the people in SS, but I didn't know yeah. all that other stuff. Like, yeah, I knew they were like, they were like kind of like willing to do anything to win. Right. And like, you know, they, they experimented with, um, uh, anti-gravity technology and like there's all those like legends of them building UFOs and all that weird stuff. Yeah, but, like flying saucers, right? But like okay. going to, yeah, like flying saucers, but going to the Hellgate to try and harness like the power of hell, dude, that's crazy. I love it. So, yeah, yeah, there's like, um, there's this, there's one legend. This is kind of a little bit off topic of like Hitler trying to search for this, you know, what the spear of destiny is. Have you guys heard no, of that? No, no, no. I guess it's, it's a, it's the spear that, um, the soldier plunged into Jesus's like side and supposedly oh, has like okay. some supposedly people who have this can like basically have like the power to like choose, choose their own adventure, like craft their own fortune. And, and Hitler was obsessed with finding the spear as like an artifact of power. Oh really? Oh really? Yeah. Were they, was, were they searching for the Holy Grail too? Was that like, or is that just an Indiana Jones movie? Like, was that something? Like <laughs> no, that? I mean, I if they're looking for that, what, like, you know, was, if they're looking for the Spear of Destiny, where the fuck is called? Like, maybe they were like, you know, the Holy Grail. Like, no, that's, not, that's too hard. Let's okay. Well, you did, I, I you did, did find I, the spear. Yeah. The Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think, is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Like, <laughs> the guy's face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but they used they used like real legends in those movies, right? Like they did the Crystal Skull one. Like they use like they draw from existing legends, right? All of them, don't they? I think so. I think I, I, it's pretty well known that they were the Nazis were into occult things and kind of had this fringe yes, right. ring of just trying to get to the bottom of whether any of those they could harness for their, yeah. you know, conquests. Right, right. Um, okay, interesting. Wow, is, so, okay, so is this castle still standing? Yeah, this the castle's still there. Um, ghost hunters have been there. I think there's an, an episode that people mentioned that was pretty good. If, oh, really? Oh, there's like a yeah. TV show of it? Okay. I, I think it's an episode. Okay, of the, I'll, of I'll definitely watch it. Ghost hunters, huh? <laughs> then, um, yeah. I gotta, I gotta you, can, you, can, you can go there. I think it's kind of a, a little bit of a trek off of... Uh, if you visit Prague, it's not that accessible, but from pictures on it, people do visit there. And the, it's oh, spooky. Man, I mean, I, I wish, think they leaned in. Yeah. I wish we had known about it when we were there. <laughs> like, we definitely would have done a little field trip up there. I know. That would have, so, have been so tight. And some, like, old, like, I don't even know, Fiat car. Just yeah. Up and, like, <laughs> yeah. Poking around up there. I mean, I feel like like you hear like a bunch of stories like that. I mean, Prague's got so many like weird stories about you know things under the ground and you know golems and all that stuff. But um, yeah, that's interesting. Cool. What do you think? You have time for for one real quick one, or you want to? Yeah, yeah. Sure, go for it. Please, let's let's hear it. This is. I felt like I needed to bookend this 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 thing with a with a more modern one. Do you guys do you guys know what the uh, elevator game is? The West. The elevator game? No, I don't. Okay, so this is so. All right, Seth, I'm gonna. We can kind of do this. We've talked about the elevator game. I'm sure. Yeah, I'll set it up and we can just talk about it because I think it's it is mostly like new a newer urban legend. So it's it's a game that came from Korea and it popped up on Reddit a few years ago, and it's a single person game involving an elevator to a building that has at least ten floors. And if you play the game correctly you end up in another dimension. So the, ele- the elevator itself, it becomes the portal. Um, so it's not really even a game. It's just the object is to do the sequence of, of uh, steps to ter- transform that elevator into a portal that you can kind of walk out of. So first you have to go into the elevator alone, and then you hit a bunch of floors in an exact sequence. Then anyone who gets into the elevator, if anyone gets in there with you, you have to start over. But it's Is a it a specific experience. elevator or any just any old elevator? Any elevator, any elevator okay. over ten floors. So once once you're in there, you kind of have to do a specific sequence, and um, there's some like really creepy rules, like um, like if, oh, you go to a floor and then you go to another floor. That that that's that's part of it, right? Yeah, or something like uh, that. The, the order of the floors once you get in are four, two, six, two, ten, five, one. And that, and it has to be in that order, and it has to be. You have to kind of get through that sequence with no one else entering the elevator on any of those floors. But uh, 
some creepy stuff like this. Here's my favorite little rule of that game. So floor five is the important is the important floor of that sequence. If you get to floor five and and then press floor one and um, the elevator the elevator should go to ten instead of one, and that means that you're in the other dimension and you've done the you've done oh, the okay. you're in this kind oh. of like mirror dimension. Um, Isn't it supposed to like you get off and it's like you it's all like the same but different and you and you have to like backtrack you have to like backtrack or something or you otherwise you get like stuck in the other dimension or something like that yeah you have to they said the other dimension is very like the air is heavy to breathe and there's kind of like this like red glow on everything so it's kind of it feels the same but it just feels really unsettling and when you the further you get if you step if you decide to step out of the elevator which is only for some people who decide to even leave the elevator um coming back is like is like weirdly hard even if you're just like a few steps away from it just like walking back towards it just like oh, takes a I lot see. of energy right 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 and, and then people there's this play other, this yeah go ahead there's this oh, other pretty. little thing about um the fifth floor so there's a woman who supposedly could enter on the fifth floor and this is the this is the rule of all rules for this elevator game so this woman's supposedly not human so this is the floor right before the last one and she and you're never supposed to acknowledge her, talk to her, or make eye contact with her. It's, it's kind of the last moment before the ritual is over. Um, and she'll do stuff to try to like bait you into acknowledging her presence. Like she'll just like walk directly towards you, or she'll ask you a question, um, and you just like paramount that you don't talk to her at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you do, like, yes, yeah, bad stuff happens, right? That's the I think she starts just appearing in like your dreams and then she'll like follow oh, right. you around. Right. She'll right, be right. just oh, like in cra- oh, like crowds for the rest of the Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about that, Seth? Yeah. Like, so people actually do this game, right? Like, this is like a thing. Is it like the right, Bloody where, Mary of the uh, yeah, elevators? Yeah, yeah. Right? It is, the, it is the Bloody That's like a really good way of, uh, of putting it. It feels like a modern day, like Bloody Mary to open a portal. Yes. Instead of, instead of having the Bloody Mary. There's stories around, like you know, people claiming you know to have experienced things doing this. And um, what was that one? Uh, I think I feel like we're going to do an episode uh, on this um, story at one point. But who was the the young woman um, uh, in, um, in in Los Angeles that was like visiting Los Angeles? And there's all that like, oh, yeah, weird the... footage oh, of her. Yeah, um, going in the elevator name? and About, she yeah. Ended up, oh yeah, her, her name is uh, Eliza Lamb. That's her name. Right, right, right. What, uh, yeah, what, we're like, there was a number of people thought that she was playing the elevator game because she was pushing all the buttons. and I mean, she wasn't doing it necessarily in the way that you were supposed to be doing it, but there were some yeah, people claiming there was a connection with that or whatever. But That's exactly right. I think that game kind of got a resurgence because that footage came out and everybody was like, was she playing the game? Right, right, right. That's a pretty creepy story, which maybe we'll do that. That is an episode at some point. Um, mm. cool. That was great. I, I love both of those. Yeah, me too. Especially yeah, the, nice the Nazi. And now I've got like a hell. new vacation <laughs> yeah, <laughs> destination. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, I want to look it up. We'll put. We'll we'll see what we can find. You know, for um, Instagram, we'll we'll definitely put some for images sure. up. Um, totally need, whatever we need can some find. Photos. Um. Okay. Cool. So, um, are you guys ready for mine? Totally ready. Hell yeah. Cool. So we just did um, the a Gate to Hell. So this is the story of the Gate of the Gods. Ooh, go okay. Um, okay. So somewhere in the um, Hayumarca, I think I'm saying that right, Hayumarca mountain range in southern Peru, um, basically out in the middle of nowhere, lies this mysterious door-like structure carved into the rock face. Um, it's in, it's a region, it's in a region about 35 kilometers from the city of Puno, um, near Titicaca, uh, in an area long referred to by local Indians as the city of gods, right? Despite the saint in the name, there's no city that's ever been found there. Um, and it's also reserve, referred to as the spirit forest or the stone forest because of all these like strange rock formations that resemble peoples and buildings and so on that are all around there, right? Which is like, I feel like that's like, I don't know, a lot of deserts like that in, in you know, in North America or South America, like, you know, have these like strange formations. They call them, um, 
oh man, I'm not going to remember how to say this word. <laughs> S- sim- uh, S- simulacrum, which basically just means like, it like looks like other stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So the, the door itself is called um, Porta de Hayumarca, which, which means gate of the gods. Um, it's actually two doors. So the large one measures exactly seven meters by seven meters. Um, and the smaller interior door uh, is just under six foot. Um, the smaller door is not square like the larger one. Um, but if you look at it, it kind of looks like a sort of squat shaped T, right? So it's like not exactly rectangle. Um, it almost looks like, you know, someone standing with like they're like um, someone who's done a snow, snow angel or something, but more geometric. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, in the center of that door is a small hand-sized circular depression, um, so it was originally discovered, um, by, uh, Jose Luis Delgado Mamani, 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 uh, in 1996 when he was hike, hiking through the foothill, foothills, uh, in the area. So, um, he worked as a guide for mountaineers and tourists in, in the area and he was just out like hiking around trying to like get to know the area. Um, uh, he said in an interview with the local press, uh, when I first saw the structure for the first time, I almost passed out. So he said, like, it's like, <laughs> as he walked up to it, like, you know, he's like in the middle, you can imagine in the middle of like the nowhere in the desert, you see this yeah. like mystical looking door and it does, it has that quality to it where it's not as, um, you know, sophisticated looking as like certainly some of the, you know, Mayan or, um, Incan, uh, um, you know, structures can be, so, but it has that like stonehenge feel to it where it's like, what the fuck is this thing, right? It's like clearly, I mean, seven meters by seven meters is a very exact number, right? right. To be Not just out a rock formation. And by the way, why is it seven meters? Like, you know what I mean? That it w- Why isn't it like 7.3 meters, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like, when were meters invented? I don't, I don't know. So it's just interesting <laughs> that, that it was like, I don't know, that is this sort of exact thing. But it is, um, it, you know, in, in all other regards, pretty bare, right? There's no ornamentation. Um, so it has a very sort of mystical feel to, to, to it. Um, Did you say that it was like part of like another, is it just a freestanding like threshold? No, it's like carved into a rock face. So imagine okay. a, a sort of like tall rock wall, right? Um, not necessarily like a mountain, but like, um, you know, think about like out in Joshua Tree where you have these sort of like sweeping boulders that come up out of the ground, yeah. right? So it's like carved into the side of it, right? And it's like carved maybe, I don't know, maybe like a foot in and then the little inner doors, then another bit in, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, uh, so there's many theories and explanations about this doorway. Um, some believe that it's a stargate for extraterrestrials. Others say that it's, uh, an entrance to the underworld. Uh, some people claim to have, um, strange visions of stars and fire. Um, others say that they can, uh, uh, feel an energy flow through them when they touch the door. Um, and even claim to hear like a pulsating music, right? So just touching the door, has this sort of like strange vibration or strange effect on people. Um, the native Indians of the region um, had a le- legend that spoke of the gateway to the lands of the gods. Uh, and in that legend, it said that um, in, in times long past, that great heroes had gone to join their gods and pass through the gate for a new life of immortality. And on rare occasions, some of those men actually returned with their gods to, uh, quote, inspect all the lands in the kingdom through that gate. And so, like I said, it's out in the middle of nowhere, but, um, you know, it's, I'm not sure if anyone really understands how, um, how old it is, but it's certainly, you know, there could have been, um, you know, it could have always been on the middle of nowhere. It could have had, um, you know, a, a city surrounding it, maybe one, you know, structures made of wood or, I mean, if you look at, you go to Belize, like, you know, the, the mines had to leave because they denuded basically all of Belize. But when you go there, it's all jungle now. So, you know, who knows what was sort of lost there um, originally or what was actually there? Because like I said, the, the region is called um, the city of the gods. Um, But certainly now it's in the middle of the nowhere and, you know, to be the only thing of of creative permanence in that area makes it sort of stand out. 
Um, so one of the most intriguing legends uh, concerns uh, an Incan priest named Aramu Muru of the Seven Rays Monastery. So during the time when the Spanish conquistadors had arrived in Peru, many of them were going around and, you know, they're just like looting everything, uh, you know, stealing um, gold and precious stones from uh, the Incan tribes. So um, Amaru Muru, he fled his temple with um, a sacred golden disc known as the Key of the Gods of the Seven Rays. So he went and hid in the mountains of the Hayumarca. Um, he uh, at some point comes across this door, and, and it's not clear if like he was on it searching for this door or whether the, whether he sort of stumbled upon it. Um, but he comes upon it at some point, um, and, and there guarding it are uh, shamans and priests. So he shows them the golden key, and they perform a ritual. And at the conclusion of the ritual. Uh, Amaru Muru inserts the golden disc into the circular indentation at the center of the door, uh, and the door subsequently begins emitting a blue light. Uh, he hands the disc back to the shaman and then walks through the door, never to be seen again. Mm. And that's, that was... that's so Stargate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally Stargate, right. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's the legend of uh, Amaru Muru. Um there are other um, sites around um, uh, South America and, and North America um, that are supposed gates and stargates. Um, some bear some res- resemblance um, to uh, um, the gate, actually uh, bears a little bit of resemblance to the Gate of the Sun at um, Tiwakanu, uh, a temple city in the Bolivian Andes, um, which, which is, uh, was created about a height of about 12,500 feet. Um, and there's an Incan tradition that talks about um, the the founding um, Incan male and female coming together in Cusco um, from the Island of the Sun on Lake Titicaca nearby. So it's this region where there's a lot of like sacred places, right? Yeah. So then, when the um, the fir- the the uh, the Spanish first encountered um, Teotihuacano in the 16th century. They went through great efforts to destroy it. So early in the 20th century, Bolivian railway workers broke up many of the the blocks as ballast for the railway beds. Um, but um, the remains of the site are finally now being restored. But certainly there was a lot that was um, lost there. You know, I mean, it's definitely a civilization that we know, you know, very little about. Um, and uh, um, but it's interesting these, you know, to me, these sort of um, uh, these legends that to us sound sort of like science fiction, yet were, you know, these people had, you know, um, th- there were legends of, you know, people visiting them from other dimensions, from other planets, <laughs> you know, for for many um, hundreds of years. And so I just think it's an interesting legend, this idea of like the Stargate before, you know, we even had the concept of interstellar travel or something like that. It's pretty interesting to me. Um, there's, um, just a couple other little fun, uh, facts. There's, um, also a, um, ancient stone arrangement that I, I, I've, um, learned about in researching this that actually lays at the bottom of Lake Michigan. Um, Whoa. I don't know if you knew about that, really? Christina. It's, yeah. No. At a, yeah. At a depth of about 40 feet in Lake Michigan's Grand Traverse Bay, um, they found this stone arrangement using, um, sonar, um, techniques i you know like looking for like shipwrecks or sunken boats or cars or whatever um but they found like this prehistoric arrangement of um there's like a boulder with a prehistoric carving of a mastodon on it and there's also this sort of series of stones arranged in a stonehenge like manner so there's all these like sites around the world there's even one in egypt where you know people believe that um you know, they bear some sort of connection to either another dimension or were a place that where, you know, uh, angels or visitors came and sort of interacted with these sort of ancient cultures. Um, yeah. And so that's the story of the, the gate of the gods. Wow. That's um, interesting. I wonder, uh, wonder if that golden disc exists still somewhere. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, there's definitely like, I definitely want to do like an Incan, one uh episode at some point they you know there there's um a lot of like crazy stories about some of the gold objects um 
that were, you know, uh, I think there's one where there's one story where, um, I think some, uh, a couple of, um, air force engineers, or I think they were either, um, yeah, I think they were actually air force engineers. Like, um, you know, they, uh, designed planes like fighter planes. They were down. Um, I can't remember exactly they were where they were in Peru, but they were at some sort of museum and they noticed this like gold amulet was like bared this like, um, resemblance to a MIG uh, fighter plane. And so they got this idea that they were going to, they thought it was remarkable. Like you can't just, they were like, it's, this is too much of a coincidence for whoever, does, whoever made this right. thing not to know aerodynamics. So they actually um, uh, uh, crafted a scaled up um, version of it out of styrofoam and then flew it. So there's lots of like stories like that where like, where they, you know, there's like that like weird ramp that they think they used to um, send gliders down up in, um, uh, uh, up in the Andes and stuff. And so there's just all these like crazy stories about that part of the world where, you know, we know very little, I mean, especially in the West, we, we know very little, but, um, you know, even, you know, so much was lost when, um, the Spanish came and, you know, sort of every, you know, that whole civilization sort of fell around the same time and just, you know, um, yeah. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of stuff like that, that we just don't know about a lot of legends and technologies and sciences and, you know, um, uh, spiritual myths that, um, you know, don't really have a direct connection to, you know, a lot of what we know, but, um, you know, very often there's these like weird parallels or weird connections. So, Wow. Yeah, that's great. That's my story. So cool. So, what do you guys think? What do you guys think about um, about, <laughs> about about portals, portals and portals? I mean, we kind of covered a, a wide variety of of them. Uh, so, uh, do you think there's any credence to them, or like are these just like cool stories? Or well, there's actually even there's some scientific evidence which I don't understand, but supposedly, like in uh, 2019, NASA started studying portals of a kind, like sort oh, really? of like little um, kind of uh, openings in the magnetic field. Huh. Okay. Interesting. To, yeah, like I mean, I think, to, I think like fabricate. A, yeah, I think there's like a base in science for for some of it. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's been part of human lore for so long. Right. You know, right. what's that about? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I was driving at. It's like, we see these topics as sort of like science fiction, right? Because our view of the universe is, is scientific in, in our civilization, but you know, in, in, you know, civilizations past that didn't have that particular worldview they these still exist right these stories still exist you know like you know they were t they were thinking about other dimensions you know hundreds of years ago in you know you know up in the andes or wherever they were you know uh, uh and, and crafting stories about them i just think that's really interesting you know what do you guys think anthony what do you think i mean i think what is what is a black hole except for kind of like a portal, you know, like right, that's right, yeah, fundamentally exactly. a portal. Right. Yeah. It's just a, on a, on a level we can't really comprehend. And who's to say that, that things like that don't happen once in a while or aren't present for different in different contexts, but like maybe on our planet. Yeah. I mean, if there's like a space time continuum, isn't it conceivable that there's, you know, holes in it, right? Like there are theoretical, uh, you know, the, you know, um, you know, wormholes are, are, are a concept that, um, you know, relates to that, right? The, the idea that we live in a multiverse relates to that, right? Like, why couldn't there be some, you know, interconnections or tears or whatever they are, you know, or intentional yeah. or intentionally penetrating them, right? Like, I mean, imagine just, you know, going far out there for a second, like uh, a civilization that could, you know, master interstellar or intergalactic travel might be able to do so. You know, why, why is that so much more far-fetched than someone being able to, you know, build a technology that can, you know, make use of that type of science? I don't know. So yes, yeah, so I, I think Porter was definitely, definitely. <laughs> 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 the portal of the gate to hell, like, I don't know. Like, I think there's something yeah. weird down there in that hole. There's something weird down there, but like, yeah. 
I think that's a different thing. I think there's like, this is definitely a lot of the topics we ended up doing on here. It's like, there's definitely like a conflation of stories over the years, right? Things get grouped together and you're like, okay, I guess those are all like kind of loosely the same thing, but I don't know. I think there's a wide range of phenomena, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Christina? You know, I mean, it it could be, it really could be. I mean, we have just had our first image of a black hole, right? To your point. And it was all science fiction up until now and just all theory. Right. And if there's no portals, then where do the tumor seals come from? So where do the tumor, exactly. (laughs) Where do the tumor seals, you guys have to listen to the Mel's hole episode. Yeah. Mel's hole. Mel's hole is by far my favorite episode. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty epic. Cool. Well, um, I feel pretty good about this. You guys feel good? Like, did, yeah. Thank, you. thank you for having me on. That's, yeah, yeah. This thanks for so coming. On. Awesome. This was great. Appreciate yeah, that. we'll have to do it again. And yeah, thanks for being our first uh, guest. Absolutely. This is great, Anthony. Of course. Cool. All right. Well, um, I guess that's it. Yeah. So if you're if you're liking our episodes, you know, rate and review. And if you have any ideas um, or any stories you want to share, you can reach us at Podcast at Gmail. Um, but yeah, I guess, um, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram. We'll be putting up some cool, um, uh, photos from, you know, or, or, or images that we have in any of these stories. So check us out there. Um, cool. All right. Well, thanks again, Anthony. And, um, I guess until next time, everybody. All right. Until next time. Talk to you soon. Okay. Cheers. All right. Bye. Bye. Shadowland Podcast is produced by Seth Javlon and Christina Callard. Edited by Tim Kelly. Theme music by Tim Lincoln. Thanks, Tim. 